Hello, my friend. Welcome to the DDP for the ninth day of December. I'm your host, Paul White. Thanks for joining me in our Genesis 15 journey. We have Abraham having just cut the pieces of animal in half. He has laid them on the ground according to the Jeremiah reference to the covenant cutting ceremony. You then walk between the pieces with the other end of the covenant party. So two parties, animals in the midst, you cross the blood. It's symbolic. Of course it is. There's no, there's no magic that happens. No, even nothing miraculous happens in the physical cutting of the covenant. But it's symbolic of something bigger. So don't, don't bemoan symbolism, by the way. I don't think sometimes we realize what we're doing when we... Because I've had people rebut, like, my, my take on Revelation is that you're dealing with a book of signs. In fact, it's right there in chapter 1. These things are signified. That's signs. And they want to argue that there's this and that and this and that in the book that are literal. And a lot of times the argument is, is that some things are literal and some things aren't. I think that's a bad hermeneutic. But even if you settled on, look, it's all literal... So many people that settle on literalism get angry at allegory. They get angry at symbolism. They say, the Bible's not symbolic. They, they act as if symbolic equals fake. I want, I want you to stop and reconsider for a second. The covenant ceremony is symbolic by default. You're cutting an animal in half... You're putting one half of its body on one side of the trail, the other half of its body on the other side of the trail. You're pouring blood on the ground. You're walking between the pieces of the animal as a symbol that this is how serious you take the covenant. In our modern vernacular, if you did something like this, we would, well, first of all, it'd be like animal abuse. But secondly, we would be like, this doesn't mean anything. What's all this? To mark symbolism is to mock the foundations of a lot of what the Bible tries to present. So I think you can use the covenant cutting ceremony as a stark example that the Bible isn't afraid of the symbolic. In fact, the Bible embraces the symbolic. You see, God has already actually made a commitment to Abraham. He said, if you'll come out of the land of your fathers into a land that I will show you. I will bless you. Through you shall the families of the earth be blessed. Done deal. God would be a liar if he didn't keep his end to that deal. And you get to the book of Hebrews it, uh, and Galatians. It talks about the cutting of covenant and how God confirmed with an oath, or another word is confirmed with a covenant the things he had told Abraham. That God's not a man that he would lie, and yet God confirmed it with a covenant anyway. In other words, God doesn't need the covenant ceremony. The covenant ceremony is symbolic for Abraham. So, first of all, let's get off the symbolism is a bad hermeneutic idea. It's not. In fact, it's the basic hermeneutic of the Bible. Read the symbols and the signs. There's almost always more than meets the eye. Don't bemoan it. Don't run from it. Don't, certainly don't mock it. Just accept it for what it is. And then once you start to accept that, learn to read the signs. Learn to read the symbols. That's the great challenge of the Bible. And that's why the Bible stays so fresh, so new, because we are reading. We are, we are reading what it says 
Yes, in its context to its audience, never forget that, but the symbolism of what it might mean for me. Uh, and and we, we do that all the time and we don't even think about it. Like Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan and there's a Levite and a priest that walk down the road and avoid the, the wounded man, but a, good, but a Samaritan helps him. We know that's symbolic. We call helpers Good Samaritans. They're not Samaritans, but we call them Good Samaritans because the symbolism of the story is that we loved somebody and went out of our way for somebody. All right? So when you see the symbolism of the covenant, embrace it. Don't run from it. Embrace it and let it say to you what it wants to say. Okay, so look at verse 11 of Genesis 15. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Now, Birds coming down onto the carcass to eat the meat is not anything unusual, but what we do know is that if it's happening, that the meat has been lying on the ground for quite some time because the vultures do not show up immediately. And so this is the verse's way of saying there was a delay between the cutting of the pieces and the actual covenant, and Abram gets involved and drives the the birds away. Put that with the next verse and you start to realize the symbolism is saying something. Verse 12, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. The sun is going down, we are to assume, might be the end of that day. So possibly when the sun comes up, remember that one of the things that Israel would have as a part of their core sacrificial system was a morning and an evening sacrifice. Let's assume that when the sun comes up, Abraham offers these sacrifices and he sits there and watches to see what happens. Say 12 hours later, the sun starts to go down. The birds are circling in the sky. Abram, and we get all kinds of symbolism. The birds are circling. It's been there a while. The sun's going down. The day is ending. A horror and great darkness falls upon Abram as he goes into a deep sleep. The horror and great darkness is this fear that this isn't going to happen, that I sort of pushed all my chips to the center of the table on this covenant idea. Who am I fooling? The birds are circling. The sun's going down. And this this imagery starts to speak of hopelessness. But I think there's something else here as well. The moment that Abram starts to shoo the birds away, the scripture transitions into God sort of putting him to sleep. Uh, and, and as he falls asleep, something great happens. I think you could say that the shooing away of the birds is a sign of Abraham trying to help with his end of the covenant. And the fact that he is immediately put to sleep and then God walks between the pieces and doesn't require Abraham to walk between the pieces could mean that God is trying to save Abraham from feeling as if he did anything. Because if you feel that you did something for the covenant, then you feel you are on the hook for the covenant. But if you did nothing in the covenant, then there's less for you to feel guilty about. And it seems as if the God of of great grace and mercy over Abram is positioning, sort of posturing Abram to be in a place where he has less to be guilty about. He can relax in the covenant. So I know he's already involved because he's the one that cuts the animals in half, but the shooing away of the birds seemed to be an extra effort. Like he needs to 
preserve this for God. And then God puts him to sleep like, no, that's not the way this is going to be. I want to get into the depths of what God says to Abram because the conversation is incredible and it's, and it's obviously happening as some sort of vision. We'll, we'll, we'll dig in tomorrow. See you then. God bless.